Let's go, Rider Nation. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Our first episode of 2024, and Greg, we finally did it. Steve's gone. He's gone. Don't tease me like that. He's not even just one country away. He's a couple countries away, and I don't one know if he's coming back. Well, he is on a floating hotel that you can leave every once in a while, and it will <laughs> strand you if you don't make it back in time, so maybe well you were you were complaining about festivus and and uh the last time we chatted and part-time hosts and well i mean starting off the new year on a bad foot that steve guy is so may old coaches be forgot and your <laughs> hosts be part-time you know uh, uh new year new year I, same us I think that's going to be the only singing of the episode. I can't be. promise that though. There might be. And the worst part know. is I'm sick. Like I, I I'm soldiering <laughs> on for you people here. I got a holes in my mouth. I apologize, but everybody's sick. It's cold out. It's just a miserable time right now, but lots of stuff going on. CFL winter meetings. And of course, generally that usually means nothing, but all of a sudden stuff's coming out. This week we have <laughs> we have so much to talk about. This week it's been a couple of weeks since our uh, last episode of 2023. Um, so thanks everybody joining us, uh, listening on your uh, favorite podcast platform, watching on YouTube or on Sastel Max TV on demand. This, of course, Piffles Podcast, Saskatchewan Rough Riders Fan Podcast, and every year I always want to start want to start because we do have new viewers all the time, and we always get asked. Piffles podcast. What is what is Piffles? Well, Neil's Piffles Taylor, uh, Rough Rider legend. Obviously, that's what Taylor Field was named after. Uh, was a World War II fighter pilot. Um, played for the Riders and is a hero. And when we were coming up with a show name, it was actually Ferlin, uh, who was uh, in the first uh, season with us suggested we were thinking throwing around names and we're like well we can't do something like the rider report or something generic like that right like that's anybody could do that right this has got a, something that stands out i guarantee you up. there's been three podcasts called the rider report at some point in history one of them will stand out one day i swear it's got to happen right um fourth time's a charm it's kind of like the ottawa franchise fourth time's a charm right yeah, one's got to stick eventually yeah um, and he said, suggested, why not the Piffles podcast? I thought, that's a, that's a really good name. So that's how we came up with that. And then Ferlin decided to peace out. So that was, uh, his contribution over, uh, two years with the show was gave us the and show. results that, and some well, results. we, we can't call them cartwheels. Cause I don't know if they're all the way there. Well, um, they're, they're not, they're like face plants. tries though. And that's, what's yeah. important. Delayed face plants is what they really are. <laughs> Um, but that's how we have the, the show name that we have. And that's why we've been going strong for seven years, almost eight now. Jeez, this wow. is, yeah, it's, it's a long time. Uh, but we do it because fans want to hear from other fans as well too. Um, and that's what this show is about. We're fans just like everybody else. Um, 
and we have thoughts and we love sharing your thoughts as well. So uh, you'll find us on social medias, Facebook, X, Twitter, Piffles Podcast. You'll find all that stuff there. You can see our at names on the screen. Um, at Real Alex D for me, Greg, you're at Greg on Sports. But of course, as always, no, I do not need your pity follows. I was wondering if things would change in the new year, but uh, nope, I guess not. I don't need them. Still don't want them. <laughs> uh, Piffles Podcast, of course, is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Make sure you check them out. Let's get to talking football because we have a lot to get to. Let's jump to the opening kickoff. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with the rider news because we have a couple weeks worth of it. Obviously, we took a little break uh, at Christmas time there. Um, so we'll start with with the loss that we had um, of Derek Moncrief. Longtime rider, uh, five solid seasons, plus his NF couple years the, the where he was going in the NFL as well with the Raiders and the Rams, um, released. And we were saying this is probably a guy that the team should move on from in free agency. Um, that was strictly on the field we were talking about where we thought his play started to decline a little bit. And of course, they re-signed CJ Revis, who took that Sam linebacker spot. Um, it, 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 it was the right move by Jeremy O'Day, but it also sucks. You know what I mean? Because he rooted himself in Regina in Saskatchewan. He is a part of the Regina community now. He's got he's um, got a family here now. Yeah. And he, and he the amount of put down roots. And the the amount of community work that he does, like player appearances, he's there almost every single time. Um for years it was him and Dan Clark. Those were the two guys that were always there no matter what. And to lose a guy like that off the field absolutely sucks. So I hope that once Moncrief's playing career is over, uh, probably after another stint with Chris Jones and Edmonton is, is my guess. Um, I hope the riders can find a spot for him somewhere in the organization because he deserves to be a rider again. Oh yeah. I definitely think after his playing career over and if his roots do stay here, which I don't see them not, he's definitely got a spot in that franchise as, as an ambassador or in, in some part of the marketing or even in football operations, possibly. Um, Moncrief, like I put on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days, football loves you till it doesn't. This is always the worst part of the game. At some point, a guy like a CJ Revis will knock you out of your spot. It's up to you at your point then to go, no, I'll show you I still got some left in the tank, or you just bow out and plan for life after football. Sounds like he still thinks he has some in the tank, which is good because I still think he does. I think a lot of last year he was he got put in the wrong position. Yep. Too many times. And that did not help his situation at all. So obviously they let him go early so he could sign uh, sign on because they could have left they could have let him just twist in the wind up until free agency. And let him become a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. And instead they decided, you know what? They probably gave him an offer. He said no. He goes, okay, well, that's the best we can do. And they moved on. And honestly, with Edmonton moving, doing the same thing to, why am I drawing a blank? Adam Konar? Uh, no, um, Grimes. Oh, Aaron Grimes, yeah. Yeah, moving on from Aaron Grimes, uh, the timing for Moncrief to go, you know what? I'm over here, so 
uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see that that happen in Edmonton. But yeah, no, he's he's going to be a writer for life because once a writer, always a writer, and that includes Tino Sinceri. <laughs> and uh, who else does it include? Dennis Guile, my guy, Dennis Guile. Yeah, your guy, Dennis Guile. <laughs> um, so, Derek, thank you for everything over the years, um, representing what it should be to be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider, both on and off the field. When you talk about culture, and we've done that a lot over the last, you know, six, seven months on this show, he was everything that you should be striving for uh, from a player's side of things. And, and that's exactly what you want. And hopefully there's, uh, there's more guys on this roster that are going to be like that. And, and Corey Mace, uh, you know, brings in guys like that. Uh, but again, right decision, but it, it still sucks a little bit because tell me one person who didn't like Derek Moncrief. I don't think you can. I didn't like some of his plays, but I love the man. <laughs> well, plays at the end of last year being a defensive back. Yeah, I don't think anybody really liked that. But again, played out of position, should have been placed there, but lost his spot. So it's that's the business. Um, there was another release, technically, and then re-addition. Um, quarterback Trevor Harris, it was noted on the CFL.ca transactions list. Um, and it's funny how they actually list it. They delete you from the roster to re renegotiate your contract and then re-add you as a free agent okay. later. So here's the weird thing. About two weeks ago, someone did the same thing and they actually had it listed as a renegotiation. So I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's a cool switch. And then they switched it back to the old system. I I don't know what they're doing on the transaction page, but that's genius sports for us. I was going to say that's a genius move by the CFL yeah. and their, and their partners. Yeah. Um, but Trevor Harris, obviously renegotiating his salary structure for 2024. What was he scheduled to get half a million dollars, $500,000? Um, Five fifty, I think somewhere. I'd imagine the total number could reach that, um, but it'll be bonuses and incentives, all that kind of stuff. Um, based off staying healthy, throwing for X amount of yards, touchdowns, playoff appearance. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he, he didn't give stuff. money back. He just gave back how he's going to get there, which yeah. gives the team a little more financial flexibility. Yep, which is what they need um, because uh, I'm looking at uh, what they have for uh, weapons for Trevor Harris and no Sean Bain Jr. yet, uh, no Tevin Jones, although I don't think Tevin Jones is going to be coming back. Um, but Regardless. Still, there's, you know, Sean Bain Jr. to me is a must sign uh, for the Riders going forward. And the offensive line, they need help there. And I was going to pick this up later in the show, but only one starting offensive lineman from last year is under contract for 2024, and that's Peter Godber. And I know the Riders need a lot of help on the O-line, but that worries me. When you have Logan Furland, Evan Johnson took big steps towards the end of last year where he ended up becoming one of the better O-linemen on the team. And Philip Blake, obviously, who knows, with a guy his age and, and, and injury history over the last couple of years, who knows what's going to happen with him. But O-line needs continuity. And right now, I'm a bit worried that we haven't seen any re-signings from the offensive line front because it's just Peter Godber back and a whole bunch of guys that have pretty much no experience. 
Does that worry you at all, Greg? Well, like you said, you want the offensive line and defensive backfield are the two areas where you need the most continuity going in, or you want at least some one guy ain't going to get you there. So you, and based on our tackle play last year, if even if we just bring in the guards and the center and then try to find tackles, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. But right now we, we got a center. Yeah, I don't know if, what kind of formation we're going to run with that, but maybe one of those wacky plays Bill Belichick likes to run on against the. I was going to say, call it the Colts. Colts. They have, uh, yeah. they had something in there, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I'm a, it's been a really quiet, like, signing season for everybody. Like, well, and, and I thought before the calendar year ended, we would see a lot more signings than we did. Teams trying to use any 2023 salary cap that they would have had left to, uh, throw as a bonus uh, to lower the the base salary for 2024, have it count against the 2023 cap. And especially with the riders not having Trevor Harris for more than half the year, that should have been a huge chunk of change that they had. So I'm just, I'm just surprised we haven't seen more. They're starting to trickle in a little bit. Reggie Bagleton got 420,000 guaranteed, which blows my mind for an American receiver as good as he is. Um, that's over two seasons, all right. But that's over two seasons. But still, but yeah, guaranteed ten guaranteed each year for that's an American not. receiver that had eleven hundred yards. I mean, he's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I really. But like is he going to throw to himself? Jeez. It's still Jake Mayer. It's still Jake Mayer throwing the ball to him. Jake Mayer, who also uh, restructured his contract, probably taking a bit of a pick out as well. And bully by Mitchell did that as well. But I don't think he really had a choice. Um. It's been a it's been a weird off season. Usually we see more re-signings and even players don't like the I mean you want to have that guarantee coming in to a season getting okay, next year I'm going to get guaranteed money as well too, which is new in the CBA. And and guys want to put down roots. They want to stay with a team. But we're still only seeing, you know, one-year deals and it's just I don't know. It's just a mess right now. It's it it is is weird. The amount of it even the back and forth between players right now. It's like going back and forth asking like if it's good there. Like there's a bunch of players looking to move everywhere and it's just I've never seen it in the open so much. It's 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 interesting. This could be a very interesting free agency period. It's not quite to NBA type wildness where guys basically just demand where they go play and, and the yeah. players have all the control, but it's just in that kind of zany bit of way where we actually don't know. And they're actually talking about it, which is kind of good because we all know every team tampers. Um, every player talks to every other player about coming over and, and Hey, how's that coach or how's, how's that city or whatever it happens everywhere. So the fact that it's out in the open, good. It should be. That's what we want to see. That's what I want to see anyway. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah. Anyway, back to the point. Trevor Harris restructuring his contract. Hopefully get him a little bit more help on the O-line. Maybe throw some more money at uh, Sean Bain to keep him around. Um, but I guess there has been contract talks between Corey Mace, uh, Jer- Jeremy O'Day, and and um, Sean Bain Jr. So that's good. Um, just hope something gets done before free agency. The sooner he can get re-signed, the 
calmer I'll be on that front. Get Logan Furlan under contract too. The fact that he hasn't been signed yet, I have no idea what's going on there. That's the one that just baffles me. I I don't see how it can't be done. He's your best old lineman by a mile. You need him around. But we'll see what happens. I, I have I've have faith it'll get done, but it's just you know, we're a month out from uh from free agency now, or a month out from the the tampering window being officially opened, legally opened uh for teams. But it's I the Ed Hervey window. Done. It's the yeah. Ed Hervey window. <laughs> I just hope it gets done sooner than later. Like it's just, yeah. you got to get these core guys re-upped. And I mean, same thing with the D line. You got Pete Robertson, Anthony Lanier and Micah Johnson, all free agents. I and mean, you're not re-signing anybody right now. So we'll see what happens. I think, after the, after I think Mike is going to be sooner than later. Mike will be sooner than later. I think so too. Um, there were a couple uh re-signings and signings by the riders over the last, uh, you know, couple weeks. Um, the big ones we mentioned: CJ Revis, uh, Sam linebacker. That to me, that's the biggest one by far. That was a no-brainer. I'm sure you'll agree with me on that. That it was just a must, and they got it done. So two thumbs up on that. Obviously, um, Mario Alford. I was actually a little bit shocked by that. I, I wasn't sure if he'd be back or not. Not because I don't. I, I mean, I think he's very important to the team. I just didn't know if they were going to go younger with a kick returner or not. So I'm I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back too, but they went and uh, signed that uh, Ob- uh, that uh, Joshua Bunton too, who was a sprinter, receiver. So, yeah, yeah, he was a receiver, but he was also a sprinter. Like the dude, like yeah. super fast supposedly. So, um, I get we could see a bunch of two man sets back there, which would definitely help Mario out. So they can't just kick it away from him. So, and I would like to see, and I said this last year, get Mario Alford on offense. Just get him in space bubble screens, jet flies, um, hitch passes, whatever. Just And it doesn't have to be like 10 a game by any means. Just have that wrinkle out there. Have the threat of that just to make the defense think a little bit. Hopefully Mark Mueller, new offensive coordinator, uses him in some sort of capacity because I think he could be effective. He's a threat to score from wherever. We've seen that on all his kick returns, punt returns, and missed field goals as well too over two seasons he has seven return touchdowns now after two years he's the riders all-time leading kick returner in touchdowns so just get this guy the ball yeah give him in space like that's how that's how your chad owens became a star in this league that's how your speedy b became a star in this league they, they were primarily kick returners until they're yeah. like okay we can use this use this skill set on offense so why not try it out um, Riders did sign an offensive lineman, Saskatchewan. Uh, Noah Zur coming yeah, back. I'm home. happy about this. I, I I like when the local kids come home. Of course, his pro career isn't what everyone thought it was going to be. He was projected to be a can't miss prospect, and apparently BC missed with him. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully, whatever whatever hindered him in BC will be fine here. Well, O-linemen, generally speaking, Canadian O-linemen take a couple of years to develop anyway. Hopefully uh, BC wasted their pick and uh, developed him for us and he can step in right away. Um, they'll have every chance to 
I mean, with basically nobody under contract right no. now, he'll have it, it's him and God. It. It's him, Godburn Fry. We're fine. He's going yeah, to exactly. all the reps in the world. I think Logan Bandy. Yeah, so he's slated at one of those four spots right now. Um, defensive end Trey Crawford. Uh, he played two years for Hamilton. Um, depth guy. I'm not going to get excited about this. I got excited about Stefan Banks last year, and that backfired on me. So I'm not going to worry fast. too much. About- yeah, I'm not going to worry too much about a defensive end so right fast, now. So fast, I forgot he was even a rider. Yep. And uh, offensive lineman Jacob Brammer, uh, an American, brought in, which another, uh, I think he was a right tackle. I'd have to double check that. But um, last year, the riders brought in one true left tackle. That was Gerald Hawkins. He decided to not show up to camp. And then when he finally decided to show up, got hurt. Uh-huh. So we have one true left tackle under roster on the roster right now. Hopefully there's a few more of those coming. Um, that's a big concern of mine. I'm tired of seeing these guards try to get transferred out to tackle when they bring in the Americans, just get a left tackle. There's so many of them out there. Try every single one. I don't care. Find one. It's gotta happen. Um, but yeah, so there's the, the signings and re-signings for the riders over the last couple of weeks. Um, to me though, the biggest one actually happened in the office. The football operations staff was announced and assistant general managers, Paul Jones and Kyle Carson were given uh, two year extensions. Um, makes sense. Matches on with, uh, Jeremy O'Day, right? The one that was interesting though, was kind of a footnote at the end of that press release was Dan Farthing, former writer. Uh, receiver, the new head of strength and conditioning. And uh, Dan Farthing actually owns Level 10 Fitness um, and is certified up the wazoo. You go go look at his uh, bio on Level 10. Like he's got every certification known for, for conditioning and, and all that kind of stuff. The guy knows what he's doing. This is the one that's really intriguing to me because we've seen, and this is across pro sports, uh, especially football, non-contact injuries. There's been so many injuries in football the last couple of years. The riders are not immune to that. They've had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Do you think hiring a guy like Dan Farthing, who knows the landscape of the team, what it means to, to win here, who lives here, and then obviously with his background in, you know, personal training and whatnot, is that going to affect how many injuries we see? One second, I gotta get something on my system. D-A-N-F-A-R-T-H-I-N-G. Dan Farthing. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what is this, 96 all over again? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. Two guys in the university section. Anytime Dan Farthing got anything, they had a dance. And there's D-A-N-F-A-R-T-H-I-N-G, Dan Farthing! I'm like, okay. should bring that back during the game. That's great. I love that. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, level 10, uh, top-notch work. Like, the stuff that Dan created with level 10, it's an institution in, in Regina. I know uh, the Rams go there. The Thunder go there. The Thunder, you can tell the guys that take the level 10 stuff seriously that the – workouts they set for the uh, thunder guys when you can tell the guys that are following it because they get stronger and stronger and stronger 
Dan has created a great program over there at level 10. And to bring a guy, one, knows the community, knows the team, knows what it means, and, like you said, is accredited up the wazoo, I think is how you put it. It can only help the team. And especially when you go, if you think back, was it two years ago, the the uh, oh, the four massive four-blown Achilles? Like, I don't think that's going to happen on Dan Farling's watch. Let's put it that way. Well, if a second one probably shouldn't have happened under anybody's watch, let alone well, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can promise one, you that one. Oh crap! Two. Ooh, this is we're unlucky. Shut down. Three, yeah. three, and four. No, that should have been. Yeah, that will not happen under Dan Farthing. Um, but this is gonna be one of those under the radar things that people aren't gonna talk about, and it's gonna be very important to to the team and, and their success. Um, not to you know, compare him to an equipment guy, but Derek Henry, uh, the Tennessee Titans in his kind of goodbye media address to the Tennessee Titans thanked individually, every name on the Titans staff in the equipment room, in the strength room, uh, for getting him prepared for what he needed for game day to go out there and be the beast that he has been for the last, you know, six years. A guy like Dan Farthing is going to, help give that to the riders. Um, obviously it's not going to be a cure all and we're not going to see any injuries not happen, right? Like injuries are going to happen, but I think if they can get rid of all these non-contact ones as much as possible anyway, um, you're going to have freak ones obviously, but if the body, the training is a little bit different and a little bit more focused, now with the riders, maybe we won't see those kind of injuries happen again. Um, so I'm hoping that's the direction that it's going to be. And I think it's going to be just a fantastic hire for, for Jeremy O'Day and, and, and the riders here. Um, speaking of other coaches, Corey Mace announced at the uh, coaches GM meetings, the CFL winter meetings down in Nashville that the, uh, the rest of the coaching staff has put in place. We just don't get to know it yet. Uh, it's going to be announced shortly. So, you know, we record this on the Wednesday. It's coming out on Thursday. Yeah, so, sounds like uh, I still think Josh Bell is going to be DB's coach and and wh whatever else, what other, other, other title he'll get. I'm curious about, you know, O-line coach, running back coach, quarterback coach, if there's going to be one besides Mark Mueller on offense. Um, so, we should hear that shortly. Yeah, the only one I, I I've been racking my brain trying to think who they're going to bring in, who's out there. I think it's going to be a young staff. I think you're probably going to have a few seasoned veterans in there, but I think it's going to be a fairly young staff. I'm I'm excited. I hope that there is a a vet on staff somehow, um, as at least in kind of a consultant role on game day, um, with. Corey Mace's background of defense and being a defense coordinator the last couple of years. Now you're, you know, game managing the entire team to not just kind of slip in and focus in on, on the defense, just to kind of keep them on track and say, Hey coach, look at the clock and you have one timeout left or no timeouts or whatever. And just, just to keep them on, on track. Um, I hope there's a vet somewhere that can, 
just kind of nudge them every once in a while. Hey, coach, just remember that kind of thing. Yeah. So we should, uh, like I said, it'll probably <laughs> probably come out tomorrow or the day after or something right after we release this episode. So, yep. Um, par for the course for the riders to announce stuff after we do a show. Um, the only other thing with coaches that was actually really interesting, the riders were denied the request to interview Mark Killam from the Calgary Stampeders. And it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's always been the next guy behind Dave Dickinson. And since he's already assistant head coach there, I'm not really sure what kind of promotion mumbo jumbo title that you could give him to not have it be at least a lateral move. Well, that, and they also so, gave the stamps also let us take Mueller from them as well. They weren't going to give us two coaches. No, absolutely not. Regardless. So. Well, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff, hopefully right away. And then they can certainly finally start rolling in on the uh, list of potential free agents um, because it's still in big names out there for, for on the riders list that I would like to see re-signed coming up shortly. Big name, big names on every list. I, there's a ton of players that I'm surprised have not signed yet. Um, Brady Olivero is talking about where is he, where is he going to go? Um, I'm not sure if Winnipeg wants to front the money for that. Uh, Winnipeg well, shown's Yeah. Sean's waiting for our NFL interest too. Well, well, let's get into all that. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's jump to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, and that's usually where we take a look around the CFL. And let's start there with some of the some of the moves. We'll get to the rule changes in a bit because one of them is really interesting to me. Um, the first big one, obviously, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, quarterback, coming back to the CFL after one year of dominating the regular season in the USFL, uh, going to Edmonton, a good fit for him. First off, before we even get into the whole Trey Ford thing, cause I know that's where it's going to lead. MBT is the most fascinating man in the CFL. I had a chance to listen. Well, to only because Bear Woods is not around anymore, man. I love Bear. Bear Woods is just a guy. You just want to sit down and hang out with that guy was cool, man. Um, MBT he is so deep, like spiritually deep. He is fascinating. When I worked with the green zone, did a 30 minute interview with him, a deep dive. And he started talking about the spirits and the soul and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, to me, it was out of nowhere. I had no idea this guy was like that. And could you imagine a guy like that having conversations with Chris Jones Oh, and, what, and what their conversations would be like. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. So like BC's putting out their uh, um, arrow up, arrow up uh, from last year. Edmonton should be doing something with MBT and Chris Jones. That's something I want to see. That this pairing is for that reason. <laughs> is, the I, it, yeah, it completely is like, I, I, I guess their love language will be football, but. Other than that, I don't know what these two men really have in common other than trying to win football games. Let's go to MBT. Hey coach, you like uh you like Marvel comics or something like that? You like like you like superheroes, that kind of thing? Super what? Face Chris, Jones, Chris Jones knows nothing but football. Yeah. 
him talking about social media that one day is still one of my favorite Chris Jones interviews. A tweet? <laughs> uh, what? A tweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that move obviously put fans in an uproar, not just Elks fans who think that MBT's washed up for some reason. This guy just he didn't lead. He ain't. The Argos to a great cup appearance the last time he was in the CFL. Um, but where does that leave Trey Ford? Well, I'll lay it out for you. It leaves him as the backup. That's it. You don't bring an MBT to compete with him. MBT is a starter. Trey Ford is not a Chris Jones type guy. I know Chris Jones drafted him, but like he drafted, he drafted him as a receiver. That's what he did. Trey Ford's exciting. And he was their best bet to win last year, and he should have played earlier. And there was a really good comment. I got to dig it up. It was from Paul uh, Paul Woods. Um, he's written a, a few CFL books. He wrote the book of uh, Rocket Ishmael, um, and it was absolutely fantastic. He had a really good comment, and I got to dig it up here. Um, Trey Ford is valued way more by fans than by CFL execs, in my opinion. He has considerable potential and a lot to learn about how to play quarterback in this league. Young quarterbacks need time to learn this league. Anointing him starter this year wouldn't benefit his career. And it's a really interesting thing because we don't think about that as fans. We see the game differently than coaches and executives. And maybe that is the case. Fans love seeing him because he plays an exciting brand of football. When a play breaks down, he's running around, he's scrambling, he's making things happen. The problem well, is that happened, football. The problem is that happened way too early in his progressions. And that's not what coaches want to see. If it works, it works, I guess. But they want their plays executed the way that they're drawn up. That's They want a quarterback to execute that. That's what football coaches want. There's a reason why Chris Jones, despite a massive losing streak, kept on rolling out Corn Pop, kept on rolling out Daggy, and kept on scratching Trey Ford. Trey Ford was their best shot to win because that team was bad and needed somebody who could think on the fly. But he didn't want it until he absolutely had to. And by then, yeah, they were screwed. So, yeah, it didn't surprise me that Chris Jones went and found another quarterback. I'm surprised it was MBT, but... Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen to start. Um so does do you think Chris Jones trades Trey Ford? No. No? I don't see him trading him. What's what's the trade value for Trey Ford though? I suppose that depends on the team. Ottawa? Would you give up much if you're Ottawa? Depends if depends on what they do with uh, their own quarterback situation right now. They got Mazzoli sitting there, and Drew Brown apparently is looking to become a starter somewhere. So, yeah. Well, I was reading that Drew Brown is being linked to uh, to Ottawa with a, a Brown Crumb um, one-two quarterback punch kind of thing. Um, Brown Crumb. Uh, <laughs> there's so um, there's so many bad nicknames that are going to come out of that. Yeah. Um, but what worries me about Trey Ford is we saw this with. Um, Dustin Crumb. We saw the Crumb back uh, against Winnipeg. Exciting. His next game against Calgary. Very exciting. And then teams figured him out. When teams figure out Trey Ford, he started out winning a couple of games and then they lost. 
teams started figuring figuring him out. So that's what I'm worried about with Trey Ford, and that's why I kind of lean towards where he needs to have a veteran uh, mentor like an MBT, especially with such a contrasting style of play. They're both seeing the field differently. I think that can benefit both of them. Uh, so I think that's where Trey Ford's at. Is is he does but, need a little bit more seasoning, and I think he, he'll he still does. be a good, good quarterback in this league. He just needs a little bit of time. I think though putting him behind MBT does him a disservice. I think you're honestly, I think for Trey Ford's possession uh, progression, the best place for him is behind a guy like VA, who is a little more his Mobile. play style and similar mindset. I think that's your best bet than a guy like MBT who's going to teach him a lot of stuff about the soul, but a style that's not his cup of tea. That'll be an interesting uh, pairing throughout the, throughout the 2024 year. Um, and then you mentioned Taylor Cornelius corn pop was due. Uh, well, he got his hundred thousand dollar, Roster bonus or whatever, hundred thousand is that what it was? It might have been more than that. Yeah, hundred thousand, yeah, it was a hundred thousand guaranteed. Yep. And they cut him. Now, if you're the Riders, you don't have a backup quarterback right now. Jake Dolagala's a pending free agent. Mason Fine is a pending free agent. You have Shea Patterson and Antonio Pipkin, which to me are two number threes. Do you take a look at Taylor Cornelius if you're Jeremy O'Day? If the price tag's right and you can't get Jake, it, I I don't see Mason Fine coming back. No, neither do I. Uh, out of out of that progression, if you're gonna if Harris is your guy, Mason Fine doesn't fit that style. Dalagala w- would fit that style. And yeah, if you can't get Dalagala, yeah, Cornelius, he's not great. He's serviceable. He's a backup. Like. He's he's more Arbuckle than anything, but um, I think if you can't get Jake Dolagala under contract, and then also just to add on to what you said about if the price is right, since he's already getting a hundred thousand dollars from Edmonton, you can cut. I don't want to say lowball him an offer, but you can get him to a much lower cost than he would have been had he not be already getting being getting that hundred thousand dollars. So I think if you can get him for, I don't even know what a good backup number is, another 100K. So he gets 200K, but only 100K against your cap and that you're paying him. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, if the number's right, Cornelius, like, he's, he sliced us up. <laughs> like, well, not defense at times, though. Yeah, I know. I get it, too. But I'm just saying. But again, like, I say he, that. He, 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 I, I say that if they can't get Jake Dolagala, I would prefer Jake Dolagala to be the number two guy here. But who knows? A lot can happen in a month before free agency opens. And do you just bring in a bunch of quarterbacks in camp and see what you, what filters out, and then worry about signing someone? If worry about going to Corn Pop after because yeah, I don't I don't see the Taylor Cornelius. Uh, bandwagon uh being too full no but. not at all um jeremiah jeremiah mozzoli what's up what's gonna be up with him if he's not he getting cut 
he gets a hundred thousand dollar bonus on uh, January fifteenth, which I think is actually locked in because it's because he's injured. Yeah. So, but if I'm Ottawa, I mean, I like Jeremiah Mazzoli. I think he's a great dude. Um, his career just on the field. If you if you can't stay healthy, then I want nothing to do with you on the football field. And, and that's, to me, that's where he's at right now is you can't rely on him as good as he can be. It's just too much of a risk. And I don't know. I, I, I know someone will pick him up somewhere. I could see him being one of those doesn't get signed unless someone drops a quarterback midway through the season. I can see him ending up in potentially BC. Dane Evans retired. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. And I mean, Vernon's the clear, clear guy there. There's no guarantee that Mazzoli's going to be ready to start the season. Could be an option. And you can save a lot of salary because, again, he's going to get that injury bonus or whatever from Ottawa and can prorate a salary uh, if he's not available until, you know, game six or whatever, right? So. There will be options at backup quarterback. I just don't know who's going to go where. I would like the Riders to steer, steer clear of Mazzoli and focus on trying to get Dolagala done. And I hate the fact that I kind of would rather have Cornelius than Mazzoli. But I feel that's where I, I'm at. I, right I, now. I, 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 hate, I hate you for it as well. <laughs> um, Austin Mack. Receiver from Montreal signed in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they can start, or a couple days ago, I think it was, was when NFL teams could start signing uh, players to reserve future contracts. That's what that is with Austin Mack. Are we going to see Sam Emelis join him somewhere in the NFL? He's had a lot of workouts. Yeah, like Emelis had a ton of workouts. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I think that's one of those things where the number has to be right. Because numbers not right, or there's no guaranteed money. Like something like Mac actually got a decent chunk of change up front, which means the Falcons obviously see something in them. But if you're going in just to be a camp body, that that could mess you right up. So yeah, I think I think uh, Jo said it best. Uh, Sam's best spot is with the Riders, but if he, if he wants to take a shot, you can't fault him for it. Oh no, of course not. Uh, I think with, with his case, if he would have been, if he would signed an NFL deal, I think it would have been done by now with the amount yeah. of workouts that he had. Um, so good news for the riders in that sense that he hasn't. Um, but obviously you want to see the guy succeed. And after the year he had last year, you, you want to see him get a shot down South if you can get it. Um, and I also think uh, another year seasoning will do him good for the NFL. Like this was absolutely. his breakout year last year, the previous year, there wasn't much to show this year. He had a really good season. So, And speaking of the NFL, we need to talk about Nathan Rourke for a second. Uh, On that's your New England Patriot. Nathan Rourke to you. Probably is the, the best New England Patriot quarterback on their roster right now. Right now he is. Right now um, he definitely is. Last game of the year, a mean-nothing game against the New York Jets in a snowstorm. A god awful game. I hope you didn't watch it. 
uh, <laughs> I paid I, attention to it because of red zone. This, this this season, this Patriots season has been all red zone pretty much. Um, hey, opening kickoff. No, that was last. The previous game was an opening kickoff. Never mind. Um, I I, I bet guarantee that Roger Goodell and I. What was that game on uh, a CBS station? I bet you CBS absolutely loves CFL fans right now for tuning into that game. Lots of people I found were tuned into that game to see if Nathan Rourke was going to play. Um, did not play because Bailey Zappi played the quarterback. Under was 29. That yeah. game was never in doubt. No. Um, fans now in an uproar because Nathan Rourke didn't get a shot. I can see why. In a mean-nothing game for New England, why not put him in? What could it hurt him? You already kind of know what you're getting with Bailey Zappi. I know the conditions aren't great because it's a snowstorm and you're probably going to run the ball more often than not. But why not put him in? Like, I don't even know why they promoted him to the roster at that point. Yeah, might as like, well just have Mac Jones there. That, all that told me was that Mac Jones is no longer in the future. No, he's not. But, but going to Rourke, the reason why he did not play was even though it was a mean-nothing game, it was a one-score game until the end. No NFL coach, even in a meaningless regular season game, is going to go away from his starting quarterback in a one-score game unless that quarterback has thrown like five picks and is not moving the ball at all. Zappi felt pretty close in that game, but he wasn't that bad. He was bad, but he wasn't that bad. He, like, again, one-score game until Brees Hall kind of took off in the, the fourth quarter at the end there and had a big, long touchdown run and whatever. He was never going to play that game. And in a one, and to me, that, that, was, that was it. It was a one-score game. If you expected him to come in, I don't know what to tell you because you clearly aren't paying attention to how the NFL works. It's all about politics in the NFL. And, but people need to be happy. Like, here's the thing. People need to be happy for him. He's still getting field yes. time practice. He's still learning from some of the best coaches in the game. Um, he's, he's been with New England for a couple weeks. Yeah. It's like, not he like he's been there all year. Book. If he was there all year, I'd be mad that he didn't get in. Yeah. But he was only be there mad for at the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Or, yeah. Be, no, be, be mad at the Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguar. It's Jaguar. Jaguar. Anyway, yeah, apparently, apparently, Jamie Nye doesn't say Jaguar anymore. Yeah, I'm sure he does, but I digress. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, he he barely knew the playbook. Like, I was surprised Belichick even promoted him to second. So the only way he was getting in is his zappy went down, and he got paid more money holding, like, basically being a healthy scratch and holding the clipboard all season than he would have in the CFL. And he didn't have to take any hits. So be happy for him. He's a young guy. He still has time to either make the NFL or come back to the CFL. This isn't Doug Flutie on his like retirement tour, barnstorming around San Diego and New England. <laughs> like he still he still has time to develop into a quarterback. He could very well be in the CFL. Should he make seven hundred fifty thousand? Probably not. But okay, Michael. No, no, no. Michael B. 
Oh no, no, that's that's too oh, obvious. That'd be too obvious. M ball. Yeah, uh, M ball. Yeah. Like this is okay. This is why you. This is why he's a, on the radio and not a GM because that is the, that was one of the dumbest things I've seen in my life. Start at offering Nathan Rourke seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Start. Yeah. Your best quarterbacks in the league aren't even making five hundred thousand anymore. Yeah. They're all taking pay cuts now. That market is of a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar quarterback is gone. Don't exist. That left with Michael and, and, Ryan. And it was and it was garbage too because you had teams like just hindering themselves to pay a quarterback, couldn't pay anyone else. Yep. Right. That said, but. obviously, if New England decides to move on for him, yes, you make a play for Nathan Rourke. Yes, I think he becomes a free agent. Every CFL GM phones. I don't yes. care who your starting quarterback is. You make that phone call because he could definitely be the future of this league for a long time. He's going to have that NFL itch though. That's the only problem. If you're going to gamble, if you're going to roll the dice on him, you have to understand you probably got at least three years of every year going. He's doing an NFL workouts. He's doing NFL workers. He's doing NFL workouts. So, and with him being so young, you mentioned that he has time and the NFL will use that time. They will use, you know, all the practice roster exemptions they can use on him to evaluate and decide if this guy is going to be a roster player or not. And that could take years. That could take a couple, couple more years. So I don't expect Nathan Rourke to come back to the CFL, not in 2024 anyway. And honestly, he's not even the best Rourke. His younger (laughs) brother is better than he is. I, I don't I don't follow much college football in the states, so I don't really. What was he Curtis bro- broke Nathan's records at Ohio and is now Ohio. yeah. And now no, but now he's moving on to Nebraska. He, he hit the transfer window. He's going to play in Nebraska, I think. Okay. Yeah. He said he was going to a power school anyway. Oh, good for him. Probably be drafted in the CFL as soon as he's eligible for it. So first overall next year. Very possible. <laughs> Maybe by Edmonton. Uh, probably stacking up all the Canadian quarterbacks just to never play them. (laughs) Can you play receiver? But um, just full circle on the rook thing, politics, the NFL is a completely different league than the CFL. You see the CFL guys will get a chance a lot sooner than they would in the NFL. For that reason, the NFL, they want guys that they drafted guys that they signed in free agency, like, justifies their job exactly so that's why nathan rourke didn't play and that's why he's probably not gonna play for a while but again you can't fault him for wanting to be there earning that paycheck and in this case being literally one hit away from being the starting quarterback i just hope he gets a fair shot next year in the nfl somewhere wherever that is whether that's new england whether that's who knows? I just hope there is that fair shot that he isn't just going to go up and down off the practice roster three times um, and then sent on his way. I just hope I, I, I really hope he gets to be a roster player and wins a backup battle and is given us or at least given a serious shot at it. Not like what happened. In he never he never had it in Jacksonville yeah. at all. So. That was, that was disheartening more than anything. Uh, but you kind of knew once they signed Bethard 
that that is exactly what Jacksonville was going to do. So, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, Jeremy O'Day, if he uh, does happen to shake free for any reason, you absolutely give him a call. Uh, just don't start at three quarters of a million, okay? Please. Unless the salary cap skyrockets, but I don't expect yeah. that in the CFL anytime yeah. soon. Um, and uh, rule changes at the winter meetings, um, stuff being discussed. Um, and Dade Naylor was talking about this. Um, the one that people were talking about the most was the dribble kick, the uh, the onside punt uh, that Montreal successfully did twice in 2023 uh which i love because it's another unique wrinkle in the cfl game um it forces the defense to prepare for it instead of just dropping everybody into prevent you have to play the line of scrimmage and i love that I like idea it. I and love it. Yeah, it sounds like airfield yeah it sounds like that's gonna stay at least for one more year where they're not going to make any changes Good. Well, I can't I wait to hear next time Montreal breaks it out how uh, Bush League makes the league look. <laughs> no, I love it. Keep that. Get rid of the rouge. Keep that. That's what I want to see more of. Um, and the other one, which is really interesting, is uh, possible changes to kickoffs. We've seen this in the NFL. They move up where you kick from, so it's pretty much a guaranteed touchback every single time. Takes away the return game in the NFL, of course, because they, on the punts, they have the, uh, they have the fair catch. Um, so there isn't a lot of returning in the NFL where in the CFL, you have to return the ball. Um, sounds like there'll be a potential to get the option to get the ball at either the 35 or the 40 after a touchdown, not just after a field goal, but after a touchdown now, um, just to eliminate all the collisions that we see on special teams. Um, or another option that Dave Naylor was throwing out there, maybe they go XFL style, uh, which actually I kind of like this one. The blockers are set five yards away from the coverage team. The ball is kicked. There's no big, you know, running 20 yards into somebody uh, to eliminate, or so you can eliminate injuries that way. Um and you just start blocking right away. So, I don't know. Would you like to see any changes to uh, to kickoffs here in the CFL? I I don't hate the option, but I know a lot more coaches are going to take that. Give me the ball uh, at the forty or thirty-five, whatever it becomes, because there's a lot that can go wrong in uh, in a game. Uh, see uh, Edmonton letting it go through for the Rouge. Like, give, give me in in that situation. There better be in the last couple minutes of a game, it has to be kicked. Because if not, that just defeats. Like, there's no chance of a turn. Like, you can force a turnover on a kick return, or but, I don't know. I I I don't necessarily like the automatic thirty-five or forty. No devil's advocate on that. Let's say it's the final three minutes. You have to kick it. What about a you know point game? You just because you, it's in the uh, final fro- three you, minutes. You froze. You froze. Oh, 
So in the final three minutes, let's say that's what it is. Final three minutes, you have to kick it. What about a 25-point game? Nope. Greg cannot. Oh, no. there you are. No, no, no I'm here. I'm just thinking. Oh. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm just thinking. You didn't move. Um, New Year's, same terrible IT. Um, but Our IT's guys on on holidays right now. It's his fault. Yeah, we'll blame him. Uh, no, no, and I and I get that point too. But no lead safe in the CFL, right? So, Each team can get four possessions in the final three minutes. Yeah. So, like, I I think you're going to take some, away some of the some of that. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for player safety. I I agree. However, don't give me this BS player safety stuff when at the combine they just line up the kids and let them go like head first to each other. The one and get rid of those one on ones. They are useless. You have tape on the guys. That has always been my pet peeve. You're just giving guys concussions for no reason. So don't tell me that is any different than this. But I guess they're paying these guys, so that makes the difference. Yeah. But. I like having sure. the kickoff. I like having the kickoff. So I hope that they'd be. I, I don't mind the after a field goal, you get the option. I don't mind that because there's, again, like in the NFL, do you imagine them doing a kickoff at, or like just take the ball at the 25, right? Like just, just every time. Every, every time. Yeah. The CFL, you have the potential and you see stars like Mario Alford. Uh, come out of nowhere because they can return the ball. And it is a unique aspect to football. Now it, it, you, you, it wasn't before. No, everyone had great returners. Now there's so few and far between in both leagues that I still like that part of the game. And I don't want to see kickoffs completely eliminated. That would just ruin it to me. And I'm 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 okay with going to the XFL style. I just think too many coaches would just take the ball at the forty, which oh I mean, agreed. I, I I mean I you can't really blame them because two first downs in your field goal range. No, so that's the. I mean, it's all about analytics. You're probably going to have a better chance of getting two first downs from the forty yard line than getting a kick How return, many- and then those. Let, let's game this out. How many kickoffs per game do you think you, uh, every team would actually get? Not including opening and half, uh, halftime. What, You're looking four? at three or four, yeah. Yeah, on average? Yep. Give, give them the option to take two. Maybe it's a strategic way, almost like they have timeouts, right? Yeah, like I'm, you I'm, using, I'm, I'm, using my, I'm using my field position right here. I don't mind that. That's that's an interesting one because because that's a lot on coaching now. That's just another one of those, uh, you know, choices, right? Yeah, I like and, that. And, I, you, and you're gonna and you're gonna have coaches that are going to completely screwed up, like they screw up clock, uh, clock management, and this could be great. It's, it gives us fans another reason to go. That was a dumb I'm mistake. For that. I'm for that. I like that. You sold me on it. Yes, you got my vote. Yeah, do it that way. But do I do I have the Jeff Fairholm vote? Jeff will tell us. Yes. <laughs> um, what did Naylor say? Dave Naylor of TSN said within uh, probably a couple of weeks uh, is when they'll have meetings and vote on rule changes. I think it is. Um, so we'll see. I just Soon. think kick, kick returning is so 
uh, such a big part. Look at guys like Gizmo, like Corey Holmes, Pinball, uh, Pinball, Janarian Grant, Speedy B, Chad Owens. Like guys became stars because of kick returns. Yeah, you got to keep it. And somewhere. and on a field this big, this wide, there's a ton of space. Like there's got to be a way to do this. And I think honestly, if you if you're going to give them the yardage, limit it. Don't give it. Don't give them a freebie every time. Very fair. Well, we'll see in a couple of weeks what happens with the rule changes. I can't imagine there's going to be much. I don't think they'll change anything to kickoffs this year. Um, but hey, if the powers that be are listening. Um, do what Greg says. Waiting for that exactly. ding sound. What ding sound? <laughs> that one. First one yes. of the new year. Greg was right. Um, I like that. I think that's a good idea. I would do that. And the wrinkle to it. Now that I now that I think about it, I don't like agreeing with Greg very much. So we should probably end the show there. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the next couple weeks. Um, seeing who signs, seeing re-signing, seeing the new uh, riders coaching staff when that's announced, and. Word on the street is we might have a, a very special guest joining us in a couple weeks um, who could really go into that whole coaching staff thing. So I'm really hoping that uh, we can make that work out. And I don't know. I'm trying to find a clever way to segue into ending the show, and I can't think of one. So again, new year. Same us. Same us. <laughs> so we'll just end it. Like that. Piffles Podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks go out always to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making the show possible. Thank you for tuning in, uh, listening on your podcast app, watching on YouTube, watching on SaskTel Max TV on demand. We appreciate it. Thank you. We look forward to hearing more from you. Uh, lots Again, lots of conversation um on facebook on our facebook page so give that the old thumbs up and comment and let us know what you think about the riders we're here to to share comments throughout the year as well too your thoughts we're fans your fans we want to share uh share how the fans are feeling about the team um so keep doing that we leave you as always with ghost behind your mind by tyler gilbert <laughs>